Hey, everybody, this is Rob with Local Tri Vibe. Uh, thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by In N Out Express Care. They are a locally owned urgent care with four locations in Hampton, Newport News, Virginia Beach, and Chesapeake. And I know from personal experience that they are uh, very endurance athlete friendly. So, all right, so today we have uh, Ann Hupp with us, who's the race director for Metal Events, and that's Metal with two T's. Um, Ann, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm sitting in my backyard enjoying the nice weather. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, before we get into current events, um, can you do me a favor and tell us a little bit about Metal Events, how they got started, and, and uh, the whole mission behind it, because I love your story. Sure. So Metal Events uh, has been in business uh, 18 years. This is our 18th. Um, and long story short, we ran the Cooper River Bridge um, 10K run from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, to Charleston, South Carolina, the year they were debuting RFID timing, the chip timing. Um, and I took the chip off my shoe. I put it in my pocket. We brought it home. We tore it apart. And we contacted the guy and said, we have to be a part of this. And we took a second mortgage out on our house. I quit my job, and we became uh, timers. And because it was so new and no one had ever seen it, we were the 62nd timer in the world, RFID timing company in the world. We used to have keg parties in our backyard. When you came to our house, you would register at the front door, put a chip in your pocket. We had a keg set up in the furthest back corner of a yard. And by the time you got to your long run Sunday morning at Seashore, you had already gotten your email from us how many times you visited the keg and how much time elapsed between each keg visit. Wow, how cool is that? And that is the history of Metal Events. <laughs> so then it took off from there. I had no idea it was even, uh, I, I know different aspects, but so your Metal Events, you've, uh, you started off, you saw an opportunity, you jumped on it. 18 years later, um, uh, I, I know you, I've run some of the races at Dismal Swamp Stomp is my, my personal PR. I love that. I love that run. It's nice and flat. Um, you work with charities. Uh, is that with every race, or is that just a couple of select races? No. So I think that the charity component actually is with every single race we're involved in. Um, and I think if you add up all of the uh, 92 events that we did in 2019, um, including the ones that we race direct, the ones that were contracted to time, the ones where we assist in the timing, like New York City where I take you know, 12 different timing companies to successfully time it, um, I think that we are probably – probably have our hands in raising well over a million dollars a year for nonprofits. Wow, wow. So I didn't realize it was that high, but I'll tell you from my perspective, I think that, um, that there's a new wave of corporate responsibility. I don't want to call it a responsibility, but it kind of is. Um, not everybody's doing it, but um, I love that about you guys. Uh, and if I have to choose between two races that are on the same day, I'll go to a medal event race just because I know that um, we're going to double bang for a buck. We're going to, we're going to, you're going to make sure that somebody gets good, good um, use of that money. So very cool. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So that brings us to where we are. And, you know, we, we've had conversations in the past. You're very, just are so positive. You're so forward thinking. 
we're in the middle of this storm right now, and just your attitude's awesome. So what do you what do you see moving forward? How does this change the landscape? Because it dramatically changes it. It does. It does. So um, I have canceled 29 events between March and June. I have, um, and when I say canceled, either canceled or rescheduled to to, to the fall. The fall is going to be absolutely nutty and insane, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think that the way we execute athletic events, mass gatherings is going to be different. The Our responsibility at uh, mass gathering athletic events is going to be different. Um, we're already, I'm talking to timers across the country um, in ways that we are planning on being, you know, responsible as race directors um, and event owners. And, you know, something as small as putting a can of Lysol in each porta potty or, you know, adding alcohol to a box of baby wipes to making them antibacterial or adding liquid soap and water to a box of baby wipes so that you can have, you know, access to, to hand soap and washing your hands. Um, maybe even a washing station. We're, we're working on designs right now to design one out of PVC in, in a water supply with a garden hose. Um, I think it's going to be really different. We, you might see starting lines staying open for an hour just to get everybody out so that they can keep somewhat of a social distancing so that you can, you can stay responsible. And the best part about all of this is when I sit on the front porch or, um, you know, go on my runs still in the cover of darkness in the morning, I'm seeing more people than ever out doing exercise, you know. And the cool thing about running is that you only need a pair of shoes. You really don't need anything special. And so much like in 2007, um, I think we're going to have a huge running boom. Uh, traditionally, when the economy is good, running is down because everybody can afford, you know, personal trainers and gyms and whatnot. But Gym when the economy sure. takes a turn to first, you know, running, running comes back. Running is like, you know, your, your old faithful. You know, and it's funny because I think you're right. I mean, I cannot believe how many people are out right now. There's just not much else to do, and people are are dying to do it. My son's a second generation runner, and um, and he's talking about Pegasus and some Nike products and some other uh, Brooks. And we we talk about running shoes, but I remember when I started running in the '80s, it was a pair of shoes that I actually wore to school, then to practice then to church, and a T-shirt. That's what I went running in. And, and it has gotten back to basics, like really basic. Um, so yep. I, I, think, uh, I think there could be an upside. But what blows my mind is, you know, there are a lot of people who have been disrupted, um, obviously. That's, but your industry has come to a screeching halt. Like there's nothing going on. This is your only livelihood, and yet I'm sitting here talking to you, and, and I don't hear any fear or any uncertainty there's a certain level of conviction that I hear in your voice. Where is that coming from? I think it, it's coming from um, my age, having, you know, lived through a, a couple of things and learned some lessons in the process of it. And, um, you know, you just, you have to be strong. You have to kind of have that, you know, the, some money set aside and a rainy day fund so that you can continue to pay your staff and you can continue to pay your rent. And 
um, you know, following through with, you know, the Small Business Administration and the payroll protection, um, you know, the PPP, and you fill it all out because you're going to need it. Nobody knows when this is going to be over. And I'm not, I'm not a fear monger. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But when things open up, they're not going to open up the way people think they're going to open up. It's going to be a gradual opening. And sure. athletic events are going to be one of the last things to, to be allowed. And yeah, it's a luxury. So, it's not a necessity. Absolutely. So um, I think that I'm calm. I, you know, I know I have a job to do, and that's to keep my doors open and to keep my staff paid. I know that we're all doing continuing education, and we're doing webinars, and we're you know, negotiating better prices for online registration, and we're looking at new run courses. And, and you know, a lot of my friends in the industry who are not competent are doing uh, the virtual thing. And you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it that, you know, you're, you're offering them an opportunity to get a medal, or you can just let this ride. People don't have to pay to run by themselves. Now, right. I, did turn, I did turn the events that I had to cancel into, to have a virtual option. But medal events has always had a virtual option because we have such a large military following. Many times you will have um, one of the parents in Fallujah or um, Kandahar or on an aircraft carrier running a half marathon while the rest of the family is at one of our events running a half marathon and then they share their pictures of their finish times on our, on our social media sites. So we've always wow. had that virtual option. Um, we just find it, it's another way to keep families together and sharing right. experiences together. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge anyone who is trying to do the best that they can. Um, and, you know, it, it's up to the runners. It's up, you know, it's, it's so up in the air. And unfortunately, I would say in my industry specifically, um, probably if I had to take a wild stab, I'd say 43 to 45% of the people in business right now restarting and timing will not be in business when we get out of this. Wow, Which uh, again, it's painful. it's a negative, it's a negative, and it's a positive. So, you know, it just depends on how you look at it. Sure. So, what as a uh, as a timing event coordinator, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but what are the alternatives? I mean, there's got to be a point where you've got a whiteboard. At least in my mind, I do all my brainstorming on a whiteboard, where I'm saying, okay, here's here's what we have as as assets as uh, resources. How else can we use these to bring value to other people's lives so much so that we can make a living? Like, how do you go through that thought process, or do you go through that process? I totally do. So when this all first happened, I have affiliates, um, which are kind of like franchises, but kind of not. They're, they, they run their own business. They're, you know, I just help them. And sometimes I buy equipment for them. You know, I offer them counsel. I'm here for support. But they run their own show. So I have a guy in Florida who is a brand spanking new timer. He just launched in August. Uh, he's really good. He's worked off and on um, for me over the past three years. And he's young. He's innovative. But he also has an event uh, rental uh, event 
company. So he rents tents and tables and chairs and garbage cans and whatnot. And as soon mm-hmm. as this happened, I called him up and I said, you know, hey, Jake, have you, have you thought about renting your tents, your tables, your garbage can, your barriers, your cones to the health department, to the local hospital, to the local testing site? And he right. got real silent. He said, nope, didn't think of that. And I said, hang up with me. Go make some money. So yep. my end goal out of all of this is to keep everybody that's affiliated with me in business. And, and, and I, I love that, Anne. I, I do. I, I think that a, my general consensus is, and I'm, I'm just regular Joe, is that the people who cling to the past and who can't think in different ways are in really bad shape. They're going to be in trouble. We've got to, we, because we're not going back to the way things were. There is no such thing. If it was so great, this we wouldn't be here. So um, what I'm hearing from you is, okay, w- w- this is what it is. How are we going to move forward? There's no rearview mirror for you. It's all windshield. You're looking through the windshield. You're looking forward. You're not looking back, uh, lamenting about how things were just 60 days ago. Right. I, in fact, uh, June of 2019, I produced my very first non-athletic event. Um, it was a booming success. We did it and we knocked it out of the ballpark and so much so that we're doing it again. Um, I don't understand. Do what is a non-timing event for a timing company? I know, right? It, it's, event production is event production. Um, if you are doing a, a meeting, a convention, uh, if you're doing uh, you know, a political fundraiser, whatever it is, you, event directors tend to be a type A personality um, with a couple pluses after that A. Um, <laughs> and some, Sometimes you have to readjust and you have to, you know, you, you can't adjust the wind. You can only adjust your sails. So I adjusted my sails last year and took a stab at something that I had never done before. And I produced um, a, a non-athletic event. It was a little over 1,000 people on a Monday night from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., um, there was live music and alcohol and dancing and, and food vendors. And it was just, it was a street party. It was a block party. And wow. my, team, my team knocked it out of the park. And we set up online registration for them. And, you know, and that's what we have to start thinking. Where, what can I do? Where can I put the, the things that I know? It, they're very unique. Um, and it's, you know, mass, mass crowds. I throw parties. I was really good at throwing parties in my youth, and now I just kind of took that and I expanded on it, nice. and now I'm throwing even bigger parties in my adulthood. Um, but how can the skills that I know um, apply to my future, and how can I adjust them so that it's not just athletic events? What else can I do? I don't want to be a wedding planner. Um, right. That's a whole other niche. But, you know, I can totally throw and organize a block party. Um, I've mm-hmm. got the logistical skills. I know how many police we need. I know a security plan. I know an inclement weather plan. I know online registration. I know entertainment. We just put it towards something different. So do you see yourself um, augmenting your revenue streams through some of these uh, non-athletic events issues going forward? I think um, that we will. 
uh, I think that if it's, you know, coordinating a, a 5K for a convention that comes to town, if it's, which we already do, if it's mm-hmm. um, coordinating a block party, if it's, and the block party that we coordinated, it was called Ghent Pride Party at the Palace Shops, which was the kickoff to Pride Week here in Hampton Roads that ends with the big Pride Fest down at Townley Park. Um, right. So, you know, it, it's, it's possible. You know, for all these, you know who's taking the biggest hit right now um, are the nonprofits. You know, Oof. the money is drying up. Nobody is donating. Everybody's holding right. on to what they have. And nonprofits yep. are going to have to get real creative um, to continue to bring in the money that they're used to having. Because, you know, they're used to getting a check from my company or the other companies in town. They're used to having their own 5K where they keep all the money. Um, Those aren't happening right now. And they're going to have to get real creative. And, you know, it's it's something so simple, but then they're going to have to put it online and they're going to have to sell tickets and they're going to have to market. And that's where I come in. I know online registration. No online marketing. I can create an event. We build websites. My husband builds all of our event websites. We make all of our own logos. Yeah, we do all of it in-house. You know, you're you're a rare breed, though. You're just such a rare breed. And by the way, I I tell people all the time, you're you're the sum of the people you surround yourself with. And and, um, I, I like that I'm a little bit better, in my own opinion, because I'm having a conversation with you versus watching TV. I love the mind. <laughs> I just cannot, like, what I'm hearing from you is so ridiculously polarized the other direction from what you see when you turn on the TV. It's just, I know it's out there. I just don't want to dwell on it. I want to have this conversation that you and I are having all damn day, every damn day. You know what I mean? Me so too. You, Me too. And I, all, of my, all of my friends are pissed off. <laughs> Because I keep on, <laughs> keep on screaming about the silver lining. What's your silver lining today? So we even have virtual cocktail parties on Mondays and Fridays. Um, my son showed me this really cool app. It's called House Party. I can have eight heads, heads on my phone screen. And we sit for an hour, one hour, and we talk. And sometimes we had one last night, and it was a guy who is a loyal, loyal worker for us, it was a girl who races pushing uh, chairs, assisting uh, uh, disabled athletes. It was a timing friend of mine from Peoria, Illinois. It was, you know, so we had all of these people on this call, and we were all tossing around ideas. Hey, what are you doing? Let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you what this joker that's on the phone call that's ridiculously quiet, let me tell you what he's doing for the community as far as <laughs> running keeping people engaged, and I'm all about synergy. I love to synergize with people, um, and I love to learn things. And my, listen, my running partner, she yelled at me the other day. There was, there was no silver lining in her world at the moment. Um, and you know what? She went home. She felt all the feels that she needed to feel. She came out of that a better person, and now we're back. You know, she missed one day of running. Um, right. And now but here, here's what, and go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say that basically you're, I am, I'm in my world, and I have an arm's length to you, 
you are communicating with people all over the world who are your your peer group. So, you know, you have a much wider perspective than I do right now. Of course, we're all quarantined, but you're you're in direct contact with these with these people all over the world. Are we getting hit harder than you know some other places? Are is South America as much as Europe or? What is your feel globally from the race director community and the timing community? Um, I think it's it's all same same. So I think that uh, in the beginning, perhaps Italy, um, you know, uh, Italians. One of my very dearest friends since kindergarten is an Italian. And when we see each other, we kiss and hug. And when we depart each other, we kiss and hug. And we have been doing that for 53-plus years. Um, And it's very hard to teach a culture suddenly, overnight, pretty much. Hey, sorry, you have to practice social distancing. Um, France really really took it very hard. They thought that social distancing was the rudest thing ever proposed. not so much now. Um, right. You know, it's, it's, I think we're getting hit the same. I think that those of us who have taken it seriously um, since, the, since the onslaught, I think that, you know, we're, we're the funny people walking around in the masks and, you know, the wet wipes on our grocery carts and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was me. I'm a little bit of a right. phobe anyway. Um, right. Now I... And now I super am. <laughs> um, right, I'm sure. I'm sure. All getting hit the same. I think I don't know who said it. Maybe it was Fauci saying, you know, hey, when there's a, when you're trying to to quarantine people in a swimming pool and you tell people don't pee in the pool, but you've got this one corner of people that are continuing to pee in the pool, what's the point? Um, right. Right. Social distancing is hard, and America uh, as a country. Um, the United States prides itself on our freedoms, and you know it's our freedom to 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 come together and to you know to to do things together as with family and friends. And you know that's the one thing that differentiates this from 9/11. When 9/11 happened, the first thing we all did was came together as a family, and came right. together as friends, and lots of dinner parties and. And we weren't, it wasn't dinner parties to celebrate. It was dinner parties to be thankful to, to oh, my God, you know, I love you so much. And, right. you know, with this, it's different. So I'm the primary caregiver for my parents. I've been doing all of their grocery shopping. I see my parents a couple of times a week. They live two miles down the street. I talk to my parents mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and I hug them and kiss them every time I see them. And I have not physically touched my parents in four weeks. Wow. wow. And it's awful um, because I am that hugger. I am the kisser. I am the person who, you know, when I see you, you know, I'll put my arm on your, your my hand on your shoulder and just, mm-hmm. to, just to tell you how important it is for me to be able to see you. Right. Well, listen, Ann, I appreciate your time. Um, I will. Uh, I know you've got a ton of things going on, but I do want to ask one favor, just your last encapsulated uh, uh, advice to runners out there uh, since you're primarily running out. What, what, is your, what, what would you want to leave people with advice-wise? Keep, keep moving. Don't come out of this 
20 pounds overweight with stiff hips and bad knees um, and definitely don't come out of it with a new alcohol problem. <laughs> um, right, no kidding. Right. Keep I think there'll be some of that. Well, listen, uh, Ann, I so much appreciate your time today. Uh, hopefully we can catch up in a couple months and just see how things are progressing with you, okay? I would love that. Thank you. You bet.